This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap for Wednesday, the 17th of May, 2023. Coming up, we're going to hear all about the latest updates to Be My Eyes virtual volunteer with Mike Buckley and a new product launch to talk about as well. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you today? I'll tell you how I am today, Stephen Scott. Excited. Oh, very, no. Very excited. A new product launch. Well, that's exciting. News. Breaking news. Yeah, we do love breaking news on this show, or at least that jingle, if nothing else. Uh, yeah, brand new product to tell you about. Honestly, this week is just going from mad to madder. Is that a word? Matter? Is that a word? Matter? Okay, let's just say it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes, Amazon launching a new product. I was kind of thinking, oh, cool, this is great. This is going to be like a whole new thing for, you know, blind people. But uh, yes. Yeah, well, I mean, blind people can use it, don't get me wrong. Uh, but it's not, yeah. it's nothing, this has nothing to do with Global Accessibility Awareness Day. Oh. Come on, Amazon. Um, <laughs> get with it, will you? Honestly. Uh, shall we tell you what it is? It's called the Echo Pop. Echo, I like saying that, Echo Pop. Uh, which is a new semi-sphere form oh. factor. So oh. take take a ball, right? Take an orange, right? Yeah. And slice it down the middle. Uh-huh. And that's what you've got. Although it's smarter than an orange because it can talk back to you. <laughs> it's like a really smart orange. Well done. That's you should be on have. their marketing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so, okay. Yeah. So tell us more. What What is special about this? Is there anything special about um, this? Yeah, it doesn't seem there's a huge difference from what you would get on a dot or anything else. We didn't see, and funnily enough, at the most recent Amazon event, we didn't see any major updates to the Echo. So maybe they've been holding back a little bit. Maybe with supply chain issues and the general issues in the world at the minute, maybe it has just been something that they've wanted to show before, but they've instead just released today. Uh, and just drop this so you can go away and get it. Um, so, yeah, it's a new addition to the Echo family with the lovable, in their words, semi-sphere form factor. Lovable. What are they talking about? <laughs> okay. Uh, new colours, lavender bloom, whatever that is, and uh-huh. midnight teal. Uh, I have okay. no idea what that colour is. I can't picture it in my head at all. Uh, features a custom-designed front-facing... Custom-designed? Front-facing directional speaker... <laughs> To deliver uh, full sound that's great mm. for bedrooms, dorm rooms, apartments, or indeed anywhere on planet Earth. Oh. It didn't say that, but, you know, it's oh, kind okay. of implied. Uh, also, script. Yeah, and it, it does say things like, you know, you can read audiobooks on it. Yeah, we know that. Uh, you can control smart lights and plugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Echo Pop is powered by the uh, Amazon AZ2, or could oh. be AZ2Z, uh, neural edge processor. <laughs> And comes with Eero built in, which enables the device to add up to 1,000 square feet of coverage to an existing Eero Wi-Fi network, packing even more value into its compact size. Oh. Now, that bit's interesting. Is it? Well, um, the Echo Dot supposedly had this functionality coming in, but it was all a bit wishy-washy as to what it meant. And also, it wasn't really full compatibility with the Eero because it wasn't really a, an extender it, well, although it was, but only I think limited to 100 meg versus you know what you would get off an actual Eero. So there was something different. weird about it because we got all excited when they announced that, and then you were you were you were making your noises. You were making your your I was, weird I bird was noises. My no- co- correct, I was. And then there was something. Ooh. Well, there is quite a few limitations to it, and eh, okay. Mm. So this seems to me <laughs> sad, bud. Thank you. This <laughs> this seems to me to be just a entry level. It's almost like a a replacement dot, mm. and and the the semicircle uh, half an orange concept. <laughs> that's that's very much the same as the Echo Spot was that alarm clock. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, concept which never really took off because it was very expensive for what it was. Um, so what's the price point on this? Uh, so Canadian pricing fifty four ninety nine. Yeah. There you go. So this is your entry level tiny little dot. Pre dot, I don't know. Um, Pre dot, I, 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 I don't know. I, okay, another easy way into the smart speaker. But I got to say, Amazon have really been letting their side down recently with the service of the smart speakers. It is so much worse than it used to be. Um, I think this is covering they... up the the fact that they haven't really got 
much further forward with the AI development of Lady A as well, opposed yeah. to you know, they keep bringing I'm, out products. Go look at the new shiny thing, <laughs> shiny <laughs> thing, and it's cheaper. It's yeah. cheap. Get it? I, I just, I just wish they concentrated more. Hey, maybe that's coming in the background. I don't know, but um, okay, a, a cheaper entry level Echo smart speaker. Yeah, yeah I mean, actually, I'm not so excited anymore now. Okay, all right. Well, oh. fair enough. Uh, available yeah. in lavender bloom, midnight teal, yeah. charcoal, mm. and glacier white. Oh, I know what white is. Glacier white. I know that. Okay, I don't know <laughs> what teal is or bloom. Charcoal oh, lavender. Black, isn't it? I don't know what it's charcoal is. Grey. Grey. Yeah, lavender. It's not blue. I, I honestly don't know. I don't do colour. I don't, I don't do colour. <laughs> don't know where it is. Colourblind. Can't tell. <laughs> I don't know. They all just look like, I don't know, hues of grey, I guess. Um, ah, that's lovely. But yeah. So you can have your grey orange. Uh, <laughs> they should have done it in orange, actually. That's the thing. They should have brought out an orange. Then I'd have bought it. Uh, but yeah, so fifty four ninety nine. Also, they're bringing out Echo Auto as well. Uh, this has been out in the US for quite a while. This is the one that goes into cars. Uh, but oh, it's okay. now available to customers in Canada, as well as Australia, the United Kingdom, Germany, France, Italy, Spain, and Japan. And uh, it comes in a new uh, slim design, includes an adhesive mount for more uh, placement flexibility in the car, and is built with five microphones, so customers can easily ask Lady A to listen to music, make calls, and add items to calendars or to-do lists whilst driving at 70 miles an hour down a road. <laughs> and it will be available uh, for seventy nine ninety nine. Hey, do you know something? I know this might seem a little bit off-piste for us, but, you know, in terms of cars, yeah, okay, you and I couldn't care less. Yeah. I have friends of mine who've got you know, partners who can see and they're, they're driving, and I think, you know what, if it brings a bit of accessibility to the car, a bit of control over the music that's playing or, you know, ability to control the stereo or whatever, I think that's quite good, actually. So, yeah, that's one way to look at it. All right, don't get defensive. I actually oh, well. agree with you. No, no, I think you're right. I think, you know, the, the Echo is... That. <laughs> echo everywhere. No, I think that's a good thing. I'm wondering how it's powered. Is that like... I really miss the ability to power your smart speaker with the USB cable. Yes, the early ones did that, didn't they? Yeah, that the great. dots. Uh, it was fantastic. You could power it off anything. It was it was great. Headphone uh, jacks in it as well. Oh, those were the days. I will oh. say one thing, though. The, the one thing about the Amazon Echo speakers, and it doesn't really matter which one you get, they all have great sound on them. Apart from the very early ones, the very first editions yeah, they do were sound not great. Good. But, yeah. you know, the latest generations of the dots and the... You know, you could have two dots together in a room, stereo paired, and they would sound incredible. You know, and you can get the Echo wow. Big as well. Wow. You know, the Echo, Echo Huge, word. which is what you've got, which I don't like as much. The mid-range uh, ones, I think, are the best. All right. Okay. I'm just saying. All right. Okay. Yes, uh, the, the dots also, are nice. Uh, we've got. We're going to be talking to Mike Buckley today from Be My Eyes. Uh, he got a call out yesterday in Congress, not him personally, <gasps> but his company did, uh, okay. because the creator of uh, the advanced chatbot ChatGPT has uh, been in front of U.S. lawmakers to ask for regulation of artificial intelligence. Sam Altman is the CEO of OpenAI, the company behind ChatGPT. And he testified before a U.S. Senate committee on Tuesday this week about the possibilities and pitfalls of the new technology. Let's have a listen to some of that. OpenAI was founded on the belief that artificial intelligence has the potential to improve nearly every aspect of our lives, but also that it creates serious risks we have to work together to manage. We're here because people love this technology. We think it can be a printing press moment. We have to work together to make it so. OpenAI is an unusual company, and we set it up that way because AI is an unusual technology. We are governed by a nonprofit, and our activities are driven by our mission and our charter, which commit us to working to ensure that the broad distribution of the benefits of AI and to maximizing the safety of AI systems. We love seeing people use our tools to create, to learn, to be more productive. We're very optimistic that there are going to be fantastic jobs in the future and that current jobs can get much better. We also love seeing what developers are doing to improve lives. For example, Be My Eyes used our new multimodal technology in GPT-4 to help visually impaired individuals navigate their environment. We believe that the benefits of the tools we have deployed so far vastly outweigh the risks, but ensuring their safety is vital to our work and we make significant efforts to ensure that safety is built into our systems at all levels. Before releasing any new system, OpenAI conducts extensive testing, engages external experts for detailed reviews and independent audits, improves the model's behavior, and implements robust safety and monitoring systems. Before we released GPT-4, 
our latest model. We spent over six months conducting extensive evaluations, external red teaming, and dangerous capability testing. We are proud of the progress that we made. GPT-4 is more likely to respond helpfully and truthfully and refuse harmful requests than any other widely deployed model of similar capability. However, we think that regulatory intervention by governments will be critical to mitigate the risks of increasingly powerful models. For example, the U.S. government might consider a combination of licensing and testing requirements for development and release of AI models above a threshold of capabilities. There are several other areas I mentioned in my written testimony where I believe that companies like ours can partner with governments, including ensuring that the most powerful AI models adhere to a set of safety requirements, facilitating processes to develop and update safety measures, and examining opportunities for global coordination. And as you mentioned, uh, I think it's important that companies have their own responsibility here, no matter what Congress does. This is a remarkable time to be working on artificial intelligence. But as this technology advances, we understand that people are anxious about how it could change the way we live. We are too. But we believe that we can and must work together to identify and manage the potential downsides so that we can all enjoy the tremendous upsides. Now, Sam Altman also told legislators that he was concerned about the impact on the economy and jobs and also on democracy as well, and how AI could start to be used to send targeted misinformation during elections. So, wide range of points. I have to say, though, just hearing Be My Eyes mentioned in US Congress made me smile a lot. <laughs> yes, I know. That's the thing we're looking at. I mean, some really important and groundbreaking points being raised there. But mm. as soon as you hear Be My Eyes, we go, oh, <laughs> Yeah. I know that. <laughs> Amazing though, isn't it? But the more I hear about OpenAI, the more I love the company. I mean, they've just, I mean, how many companies would go and just say, we need regulation? Yeah. You know, just the, the, the ethics behind it is fantastic. And I'm, I'm so happy they're the ones that's currently in the lead and in charge. Also important to remember, of course, that uh, uh, just just to you know, put it out there that you know he's not the only person who's calling for regulation. The man everyone loves to hate, Elon Musk, he's also calling for regulation of AI as well. Oh, just yes. remember yourself on that one, guys. All right, I take it all back. <laughs> Have you seen <laughs> the Tesla like bot? <laughs> it's now walking and picking things up. You oh, should be worried. Wow, can it get me KFC now? <laughs> I want Let's try it. it. Yeah, let's get it here. Uh, listen, stick around. Be My Eyes, be Mike Buckley joins us next here on Double Tap to talk all about virtual volunteer. Connect with the Double Tappers on social media now, on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air, and on Mastodon at Double Tap. And today we're talking to Be My Eyes' very own CEO, Mike Buckley, who is back with us again to talk all about virtual volunteer. Mike, great to have you back on the show with us. Thank you for having me, guys. Um, it is a very, very busy time at Be My Eyes, but uh, wouldn't trade it for the world. It's, uh, it's really exciting, uh, not only the technological developments that we're seeing, but also kind of the expansion of a lot of, a lot of business relationships uh, which is, you know, an important part of the process for us if we want to keep the product free for the community, and we do. So, mm. um, but uh, but things are good. How are you guys? Oh, we're all right. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, we're struggling on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sean will complain about everything all day long. Although one thing he never complains about is "Be my eyes." Oh, well done, yeah, sir! Well what, done. A, what a segue! Uh, I mean, honestly, you don't. Nice I mean, bridge. you're loving it. He is. He's loving it. <laughs> I am as absolutely. Am I, I should say as well. You know, I'm not. I'm not yeah, going to hit you with that. I, 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 I think it's it. the worst app ever. I mean, I think it's fantastic. But I know that I, I very rarely hear Sean excited about anything. And um, this new virtual volunteer feature has has caught his attention so much. So I know we're on the B team. We're all allowed to say so much, but. You know, he's actually using it, Mike. This is unusual. This is unprecedented. <laughs> well, for, let, me, let me say two things. One, that's awesome. It, it, it's, um, it, it excites me and makes me incredibly happy to hear that. And, and uh, you know, the goal is utility, right? And the goal is, um, you know, I don't want to, I'm really wary of hyperbole, you know, when we talked before, but but the goal is like life improvement, right? And so, you know, if we even if we can make incremental steps in that direction, that's that's why we're here, right? That's why we're doing what we're doing. Um, um, so, I'm, I'm thank you for saying that. But I would love to hear more about like both of your reactions to the product and 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 you know, beta agreements or not, guys. Let's just have a, a full conversation. So, like, you know, it's uh, let's let's just let's talk about it. 
We've got a hall pass, Stephen. Talk okay, away. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> let me just say, I'm not surprised you guys are so busy because everyone, absolutely everyone, is talking about the virtual volunteer. And uh, everyone is so excited about it. Anyway, even without you having to, you know, push it at all, everyone sees the potential here. And as Stephen said, I am using it all the time, every day. And it is just fantastic. Uh, and the the updates and the improvements that you're making during the, the you know this beta phase are huge uh, to, to where we started which you know let's not forget even from this was first available to me i was really impressed to where we are with the latest improvements it's just so much better the feedback that we're able to give you and the interaction that you're giving back to the community you know that back and forth i've never seen anything like that before and i think that's key it's it's really I don't know. I feel part of it. You know what I mean? And, and that's so important. That's, that's really awesome to hear. Um, and for, for the listeners that don't know, we have, um, we have this really vibrant WhatsApp group for the beta testers. And, and we, get, we get really interesting ideas and feedback literally multiple times a day, um, which is it's very cool. And, and, as, and, you know, Sean, Stephen, as I think I both said to you at one point, um, you know, the key design principle here is to build with, not for, right? And so the importance of that of that group, uh, it just can't be it can't be overstated. It's um, you know uh, I've heard from both of you and I've heard from members of the community so many times in the past about you know that that folks are frustrated with technology that is thrust upon them or given to them without like direct input. On, on design and functionality and utility. And so um, anyway, I, we can't thank you and other beta testers enough for, for, the, for the daily feedback. It's, um, it's really rewarding right now, I got to say. I, uh, I put something up on social media the other day on Twitter, I think on Mastodon as well, and it got quite a response. I can kind of understand why people were drawn to it because I was certainly amazed at this particular feature. You know, when you open up the app and it asks you to take a picture and then immediately describes that image for you. It just immediately gave me this thought of, hey, I am putting a lot of images onto social media, and I often can't give them the alt text I want to give them. You know, as someone who is blind, I really value alt text, the additional text that, you know, goes alongside the image so that I can understand what it's all about. But being able to write that is the challenge for me. I want to make sure that someone else who's blind, who's getting my content, can access it in the same way. And being able to put an image in, actually upload an image or take a picture and have that described and then be able to take that description and put it straight in to, uh, you know, to, to whatever it is, Twitter or Mastodon or Buffer as I use to, to schedule my tweets, you know, just to be able to do that was, was a real moment for me. And, and I, I said in the tweet, I got emotional. And I did. I genuinely got emotional about it because, again, it just makes me able to do something that I wouldn't be able to do. You know, one thing that irritates the heck out of me at the moment is that I can't caption content. So if I was to put a video up online, I just don't have the ability to know what exactly the captioning is going to produce. So I can't be sure and trust exactly what it is. So when I see people say, you've got to caption your content, I think I'd love to caption my content, but there's <laughs> yeah. not an accessible way of doing it. But there is now an, acce an accessible way for me to do alt text. And Sean, for me, that was a big moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's those things, right, where you realise, hang on, this solves this problem for me. And I keep finding more and more of those things. I suppose I'm kind of still, because it's so early days, I'm still thinking of the the apps that we've used previously. You know, okay, it's going to read this label to me and it will do, you know, recognise an object, which those features alone blew me away when I got my smartphone, when I first started using the iPhone anyway. but. It's just a whole new level, and you, it's not until you start that you start to push it, and you think, ah, there's no way it will know this, and you ask it, <laughs> right. and it comes back with, it, and you think, this is absolutely, it's game changing, right? Yeah, it's. Um, I'll tell you, it's. I I I underestimate. I greatly underestimated, um, kind of kind of the 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 benefit and functionality with respect to the consumption and creation of social media, uh, as you were talking about, Stephen. So you, you guys know that there's, 
there is a, a gentleman in the beta test group whose name I won't use, but he sent a video of himself and, and to us, um, and he was emotional. You know, he was crying in the video because he said he lost his sight about three and a half years ago. And he said, this is the first time I've been able to enjoy my family and friends on Instagram in three and a wow. half years. And, and I, and I, I don't think I, I realized that, that that was just another application, um, you know, just to be a little, a little bit closer with family and friends. And, and for him, it was describing the feed and the pictures in the feed. And, um, you know, he felt like a participant again. And it was, uh, I, I mean, I got emotional just, just, you know, listening to him on it. And so, um, but as you said, Sean, like, like we're trying to push this thing every day, right? Like we're trying to break it. Like we're yeah. trying to, to, to see what it can't do, um, or see if it's, you know, going to do something strange. Right. And so, um, it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time. And to that point, Sean has had a few moments as have I, where it hasn't worked as well. Do you want to go first on that one, Sean? Cause I've got a couple of examples. Okay. Um, yeah, I've only really got the one, which was, um, I was sorting through, as I'm sure we've all got a drawer, which was full of just blister packs of medication. Now, being medication, obviously, you're going to be very cautious anyway. But I was going through, usually I would use something like Seeing AI or you know something like that, or any OCR really program to try and read the packaging. But I had no packaging, so it's just the blister packs. And I thought this is going to be really difficult. And I used uh, the virtual volunteer. And it just said, oh, yeah, that's this of this strength. And I went through a whole drawer full, and it was. I thought this is absolutely amazing. But then, when I got actual uh, eyes on it, I got sighted assistance. I, I realised ah, that actually isn't that. But I think the thing here, it's the it's the confidence of which AI gives you the answer, and you. I think it does lull you into a false sense of security. And maybe you know, with us fawning over it as much as I am, definitely, maybe that's down to us a little bit more. But you know, it is important to realise that that AI isn't infallible, and you know, when it comes to something like this, it should always be double checked, right? So it's a huge, it's a it's a huge point, and I and I want to I want to underscore it because when we get this out into the into the you know general availability and out in the wild, you know, we do need to encourage, you know, caution and thoughtfulness, as you said, because it's not perfect. And so, you know, you talked about some OCR issues and we've seen that too. The one I, the one that, you know, is personally bugging me and we're trying to work on technologically is it often gets the buttons misidentified on a remote control, for example, um, in terms of you know which one you need to push to do uh, whatever functionality, and then the and then the other one, and then Stephen, I want to hear your examples too. That that just shocked me is um, you know I, I I I play music and it didn't read uh, it couldn't read music, which struck me as odd given that you know music is linear and notes and lines on a page, right? So just mm. I'm sure it'll come, but I just thought it was a weird one uh, not to be able to do. That's I didn't even think yeah. about that yeah. at all, reading music. That's a really good point. I just do want to say, though, that the other programs, so I did try the other programs as well, you know, just standard OCR programs. They couldn't get it at all, at all anyway. But at least they just said, you know, no, no idea what that is. <laughs> because, again, I'm just taking pictures of blister packs, you know, so it's probably got a manufacturer on it and that's it. Um, so, yeah, I understand. That's often the yeah. challenge, isn't it? Because we don't, we're, we don't really know either what's on there. So you're kind of hoping that the information you want is on that but if it's not and then yeah. we blame the tech and it's like it's not the tech's fault it can only see what it can see yeah um, that's right my experience was interesting so i was in a, a restaurant and we had a menu and i thought i want to investigate this menu so what else what better to you know opportunity to try this so it opens up be my eyes i take the picture uh, i took a couple of pictures of the menu and it came back instantly. I mean, this is another thing I should say, that in the beta phase, I've seen the speed of response improve immensely. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the yeah. time it takes to respond. At the beginning, it was very slow. But then that was the same with the GPT side. If you were using chat GPT, it would take a while to respond because basically the entire world is trying to ask it questions all the time. It's like, all right, all right, fine, 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 I'll get there. So, mm. you know, I was expecting that, and that was okay. But anyway, the response was very swift. 
And when it came back with, you know, a, a full description of the menu, I asked it, I queried the dessert menu. That's not a huge surprise. I queried the desserts. <laughs> I wanted to know what was on there. And, you know, I, I was able to prod it. And this is what I love about it. I was prodding it with questions because it was coming back with things like, well, there are a range of things on there from X to, to Y to Z. But it wasn't giving me a list. And I said, can you just list all the desserts, please? And it did. It gave me all the desserts, including cheesecake. And I thought, oh, that's okay. Right, I haven't had cheesecake in ages. And it didn't say cheesecake covered in X, Y, or Z, because I hate that. I just I, I just want cheesecake. I want New York-style cheesecake. I don't want it covered in anything. All right. So, yeah, I, I'm a Calm bit fussy down. when it comes to cheesecake. So, I, okay, so I said, excellent. I'm quite excited about this cheesecake. So the, the waitress comes over. She says, what would you like? And I give her my order. And I said, and for dessert, I'd love some cheesecake, please. And she said, we don't have cheesecake. And I said, okay, do you not have it in? She said, no, we, we don't do cheesecake. And I said, well, it says here you do. And it turned out it was a cheese platter. So that was interesting, how it kind of turned one thing to another. And I thought, is, is it reading cheesecake or is it reading? How is it? What's it getting from that? Is it just seeing cheese and it's just making it up? That is an interesting one. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a very small thing. But again, it's that aspect of trust of what's actually on the page. Also, what is on the page versus what is it interpreting? It's always an yeah. interesting part of this. So, you know, it, it's not, I mean, that's not life-changing, but it is interesting. Well, well it's always life-changing, actually, because I did really want the cheesecake, <laughs> to be fair. I mean, I think Sean and I need to do a whole separate query with you about your cheesecake proclivities, but I'll leave that to another, <laughs> another episode. I don't think there's a discussion there. I think it's a perfectly sensible viewpoint that I do not want cheesecake covered in anything. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Let it go. Remind me go, never to put anything on your cheesecake. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> but look, it's, it's you know, it, it's there are imperfections and we're, we have to continue to educate everybody that uses it and be incredibly transparent um, about that. And as you said, the stakes are different, right? The stakes of cheesecake versus cheese platter are very different than medication, right? Which is kind of why we're saying don't use it for medication don't use it to replace a guide dog don't use it to walk across the street mm. now am i optimistic that we'll get there yes i can't say the time frame but but you know we've talked a little bit about this together there's no doubt in my mind that the future is some sort of seamless wearable that interprets video in real time right it's coming yeah. It's just a matter of how long. Is it 12 months? Is it 24 months? I don't know. But I think that's where this goes. And I, and I do believe that, you know, if the systems are, I don't know what you would speculate, Stephen and Sean, you know, 97, 98% correct now, I think that there's a future where we get to 99.9. Well, right? I was going to ask you that. I yeah. was going to ask you, do you have a sense at the moment of what the accuracy is overall? Are you getting any data on that? We are getting data, but I don't have a quantitative number now. I will say that that uh, on a couple of the things that you've talked about, um, uh, some of the OCR stuff, the, the, the remote control stuff, I would say it's you know probably if I had to speculate, closer to ninety than ninety nine. Um, but there are other things that that it does really well. So we we are going to collate like all of this data. And we've committed to doing kind of a public report after uh, towards the end of the beta test to just to try to be, again, incredibly transparent about where this is working well and not so well, um, just because people deserve to know, you know, but I, I don't yeah. have a, I, I can't say like 96 percent right now. I just mm. don't know. I, I mean, I must say 90 percent, I think, is incredible considering where we were a year ago. At least as yes. far as we knew where we were a year ago with AI, I think that 90% is incredible if we're even close to that. I would have expected you to say 70 at this point, you know, but the fact we're getting up there is good. But like you say, this is a process um, and there's a lot of other aspects. I mean, like music is obviously a language it has to learn as well, you know. It probably won't take it long if it's anything like Johnny Five <laughs> from uh, Short Circuit. It'll probably Which is exactly what we picture it as, as yeah, Johnny Five right. from it, Short yeah. Circuit. <laughs> right. I've got to say, you're, you're kind of a victim of your own success though, right? Or at least mm. AI is because it is, as, as we've said already, so impressive and, you know, we, we really push it and it gives you the answer that when something isn't correct, it really stands out and sort of takes you back. You go, oh, OK. <laughs> so it's, it's a really difficult situation. Yeah, it's it's also underscores the importance of, you know, testing in, in as many real world environments as possible. Um, you know, 
We've got this new partnership with Hilton, for example, where we're going to test it in every aspect of the hotel environment, right? And I know you guys both travel a fair amount. Um, it can be a royal pain, right? From, you know, you know, cab to curb, right? Where's the elevator? Where's the room service menu? The one where, where um, one of my first experiences as a volunteer at Be My Eyes was someone who... Um, they were clothed, just to be clear. They walked into the shower of the hotel and said, which one is the shampoo and which one is the conditioner? Mm. Um, and, and so, but, but like there, there are thousands of those real world environments, right? And so being able to test as many of those as possible is hugely important. I was really encouraged the other day, though. We, um, uh, one of our, uh, our team members was traveling and tested it out in the airport and it was correctly identifying gates and kind of flights on the board and numbers and things like that. And I was like, that's really cool, right? If you can make an airport more accessible, um, that's incredibly exciting. I mean, when we get to the point in the world, I think we're all hoping will, will appear within the next couple of years, which is where it can actually decode live video, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have a camera on your face and you're walking around and this thing is just constantly able to see and respond to your questions we're able Mm -hmm. to query it and get those responses back that is when our world changes it really does because the amount of information that we'll be able to take in i mean oftentimes i think it's the practicality of pulling out the phone opening up the app taking the picture asking the question or waiting for the response there's a process and a time in that and often if you do that in a restaurant for example you know you can often find if you feel the frustration of people you're with who just want to just say i'll just tell you you know, I get this all the time, and, and it's, it's the I always remember giving this example to someone when you know what the real world reality of all these apps are, whether it's be my eyes, whether it be seeing AI, whatever the app is, if it's about essentially scanning text and reading it back to you in, in that sense, you know the reality is not, oh, um, okay, I'm in a store and I've got a pair of jeans here, and I'm going to just check the size and I'll check the price and I'll so I'll pull up my app and I'll I'll open up my seeing AI here and I'll just, okay, I'm going to take this picture and try and line it up. And what the reality is, is by the time you've got the app open, someone's already, can I help you? Would you like a hand? Would you want me just to tell mm-hmm. you this? What would you like right. to know? And it's that live aspect you kind of need because it, it just speeds the whole thing up and it makes it more usable and something we will use more of. So, yeah, I think that's something we're all kind of hoping for. But I do have a, you, you mentioned transparency. And I do have a question that a lot of our audience want to know. And I'm hoping you're going to break some news for us today <laughs> on this show. Hey, I know, I know, we're, we're, we're pushing it here, I know. <laughs> do you have a date when this will be opened up out of beta? I don't. Okay. I don't. We, we, we've talked with OpenAI and uh, we, we, I think we're hoping we can get it done by the end of the third quarter or early fourth quarter, calendar quarter. So, um, but, you know, we're going to go where the data leads us and it's all about safety and efficacy, right? Before, before we push the button. So I hope we, I hope we can do that. I will say, um, well, I have minor news on other levels, but, but, but um, if there's a a follow-up question, I I should just be quiet. But so I'm, I want well, this out in the world. I yeah, really yeah, no, want this I, out I, in the world, but it's, it's safety and efficacy, number one, right? And I think, that's, I think that's the key, right? And, and what I sense from everything you've done with the transparency and being part of the beta process, I have to say, I know not everyone's on it. There's loads of people who are constantly telling me they wish they were on the wait list and they wish you could get on it and they're desperate to try it. And I get the frustration and desire to do it. But, you know, equally, these would be the same people and I would be joining them who would say if you jumped too quickly with this and it was giving off wrong information and you were just being deluged by people saying this is not working for me, I don't trust this, you know, that would be a mistake more than, you know, more than anything else. So I think, you know, you're right to be careful here. This is a whole new area of technology and I think you're absolutely right to take your time with it. As frustrating as that will be for people, but what we're saying is by the end of the year, at least, it will be live. That's, that, is that the aim, that it will be live by the end of I the year? So. I hope I, so. I can't make the promise, but I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. That's and surprising to me, if I'm honest. I, I was kind of hoping you'd be saying in the next few months, but okay. <laughs> I, it's possible. I just never want to lie to people, Stephen. You mm-hmm. know, um, um, 
you know, I know, I know Elon Musk is fond of like promising something in, you know, 20, 2021 and then it not being delivered to 2023 and he somehow gets away with it. I just don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, I will say this though. Um, if, if, uh, if you want to do something where, you know, five of your listeners get access to the beta test, I don't know if it's a contest or maybe the first, the first five that send you, um, uh, and a message on Twitter who've heard this, we'll add them. How about that? Okay. All right. Well, there Ooh. you go. You send me a message to us. We'll tell you what we'll do by email. That'll make it fairer to people. I think who might not be on social media. So if you email us or you can call the number first five to get in touch, we'll decide the first five because they come in in an order. So we'll know who they are. First five to get in touch, feedback at doubletaponair.com or call one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. Give us a call, send us an email. If you're the first five, we'll put your names to Mike and uh, we'll get you on that uh, that list. How about that? That sounds good. I like that. That sounds that fantastic. Yeah. I had to do something with disappointing you about the launch date. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you, had, you had me cornered. They said you had other news. <laughs> well, it, it, I, I, look, I think we're already talking with a number of companies um, that make wearables including companies who make non-traditional wearables. There are some really interesting new technology companies that uh, are talking about like pocket-based items and things like that. And so we, you will hear some news for us in the relatively near future about doing some experimentations on wearables. But we're also going to do, and this is something we've never said before, we're also going to experiment with putting internal navigation into the app as well. Um, because if you think about the future... Oh. As you just talked about, Stephen, when you, you do have a hands-free device of some kind, um, the additional component of you not only want to process real-time live video visual information, right, but you also want to know more about your surroundings uh, and perhaps the route that you're going to take, whether it's through an airport or through a mall or somewhere else. And so um, we will be partnering with multiple companies to figure out the best way to incorporate uh, internal app navigation into the app. I, I, you know, look, eventually you, you both know this better than me. There are wonderful applications out there for the community, but there are almost too many of them in some senses. Right. Mm. And you have to, you know, get out of an app and go into another app and then go into another app. And if we can somehow be really thoughtful um, about partnering with a number of these other companies and a number of types of technology, and make it so that, you know, the, the application becomes a little bit more of a one-stop shop, provided it, it works well and it, it doesn't get, like, clunky from a UI perspective, right? Um, I, think, I think that I'm really excited about that. So I think internal navigation is, is really interesting. We're, uh, I think we're going to pilot one with a, a pro sports team. So I will keep you posted. <laughs> wow. That sounds fantastic. I'm so excited about the wearables. I'm really interested to see where you go with that. It's almost when we we have discussed it ourselves as well about um, is AI going to make it almost like a universal assistive tool? You know, like you say, you don't need all these separate apps. It's, it's, it just covers everything. Can you save Soundscape? That's what I want to know. Is that going to be? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope we get there. You know, the the the. If we all, you know, if, if the entire community has a, a personalized, free, digital assistant to, for visual interpretation, that's, that's where I want to get to, you know? That's the dream, right? It's the holy yeah, grail. absolutely. It is the game changer. Also, um, talking about the UI and the improvements in the UI has been amazing. It's made such a massive difference. As Stephen said about the speed increase, you know, the actual response you get back from the virtual volunteer has mm -hmm. increased so much, but the actual way you interact and ask questions has improved so much as well. It's really good. Um, I'm just wondering, I would love a conversation with the virtual volunteer as in, hey, virtual volunteer, blah, blah, blah. Is there any, any, any chance of like a voice assistant style virtual volunteer where we can actually talk to it and get the response back um if you're not you're not using voiceover right now i am using voiceover yes but i mean you know almost like a a siri or a, a oh Echo. for sure yeah that that's that's on the roadmap that's coming oh absolutely beautiful Abs absolutely i wasn't i yeah. wasn't expecting that <laughs> okay <laughs> i mean it's look you, that's you know 
the phenomenal thing about about AI systems, and in particular, the ones that OpenAI has built, is that they've made what are normally complex, highly specialized things accessible through language, right? And I'm talking about like coding. I don't know. I've oh, written yeah. maybe 10 lines of code in my entire life, but I can write code now, right? Through, through certain verbal prompts and just a very little bit of baseline knowledge. And so I, I, think, I think that's where this has to go. I'm, I'm just thinking, as, as Stephen said there about the process, you know, um, as good as a UI may be, if you got to actually type your question in, you know, it does take that extra time. Whereas if I could do it through my AirPods or, you know, and simply uh, once I open the app, it takes a picture and then I just have a conversation about those pictures or that picture, that would be such a time saver and make it just so much more convenient. That would be amazing. Where we're going to get there and that we're going to get there pretty soon. Fantastic. So talk us, uh, talk us through a bit more on your big news around company involvement, because this is something we kind of touched on last time we spoke and we talked about having more companies on board that can you know, be part of Be My Eyes, but actually, more importantly, part of Be My Eyes Virtual Volunteer. Let's talk a little bit about that and the partnerships you've made. That's great. Yeah, um, we're really thankful to uh, Hilton, Microsoft, Procter & Gamble, Sony, and National Federation of the Blind for, for being our first kind of enterprise organizational beta partners. Um, and it goes back to the premise we discussed, a, you know, a couple of minutes ago about doing as much as possible in real world environments with real world problems um, and seeing what works well and doesn't work well. Right. And so, you know, Microsoft, um, who I have, you know, I have a lot of respect for, I think, a lot of companies talk the talk on accessibility, and I think Microsoft mo almost all the time tries to walk the walk, but I'd love your perspective both on that as well. Um, but they get over 2,000 calls a month from Be My Eyes through specialized help. Wow. You know, and imagine, imagine if through the partnership we have with them and through this AI, that not only that Microsoft could could... I don't know, quintuple that volume or, or whatever, whatever the numbers are, but could answer the qu uh, queries more quickly. Imagine the benefit of that for the consumer, right? If it's, if it's you know, you have a problem with your Surface tablet or, or whatever, you know, your gaming system that you're trying to hook up, if the AI can answer that in kind of 10 seconds, it's just a huge, it's a sea change, right? Um, mm information about Procter & Gamble products. What are the ingredients here, whether it's allergens or something like that, right? Or, or how, how to use something, um, you know, it's, so it's incredibly exciting to us. And I, and I, and I, and I want to thank these brands, right? These folks pay the bills, um, and allow us to keep our services free. So I will, I will support them to the nth degree because I think they've made a commitment with their, both with their personnel and with their dollars to support our community. And, and in the next couple of months, you will see another eight to 10 giant brands and companies coming on board as well, which I'm really excited about. But they're doing more than just putting their name to it, aren't they? I mean, it's more than just spending money. They're actually providing a service. And it's like you say, you know, I think about calling up with a, a, a small problem, what I may think is a big problem, but actually is a small problem, having AI be able to resolve that quickly means that the people who are taking the calls on the answer desk for those bigger challenges have more time. They can answer those questions, almost like a, what would they call it, like first line, second line? Exactly. Yeah. On, a, yeah. on, a, on, a, on an IT system, you know, you call up your know, IT department in your company and they say, we'll put you through the first line, then second line. And then, you know, it just, it just makes the resources that the company has um, you know, better because they, they can, and better used, better utilized. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, go ahead. Sorry, Sean. Sorry, sorry. I was just going to say, it's, it's not just better for the company as well, the call center, whoever, also for the end user. There's so many times where I've had little questions or problems and I think, oh, I just can't face waiting in line. You know, right. so, but if you can get a, a quick response, you wouldn't think twice. So it's better for the customer as well. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's what drives us, right? Like someone asked me, oh, wow, don't you think that, that long-term this could lead to, you know, fewer volunteer calls? And the answer is maybe, right? But, but, the, but the point is you have to serve 
the consumer, right? You have to take care of the person who's blind and low vision and allow them to make the choice about how they want to run their life, right? And like, maybe I want to talk to a person, right? But you know what? Maybe I just want the expiration date on the milk and I don't want someone in my kitchen this morning, Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, and so yeah. like, but it's got to be the, the, the human's choice, that person's choice. And that's what we're trying to build for. I think it's incredible what you're doing. And, you know, I'm so glad that you're continuing to talk and be part of this community and, and help us all with this, because I think you're doing a great job. I know that there's lots of people who are, you know, part of the beta process who are doing an amazing job. I joined a couple of the beta calls. And, you know, one of the things I find is the passion and the professionalism of the people who are on those calls, uh, of, of the staff, but also the people who are taking part. You know, some excellent feedback coming through, some brilliantly well thought through feedback. And um, I think what's great is that they understand that you're listening. And oftentimes that's the biggest challenge, right? You just want to feel that you're being heard. And not only heard, but we're seeing the actions. And, you know, we're certainly seeing I, I can't wait for people to try this in the wild, and especially yeah. the next five who are going to go on the <laughs> yeah. list from this call. Um, well, we have to keep it up, Stephen. Right? Like yeah. we, we, you know, with the, that's going to be a, a an everyday thing. You know, it's um, that and that listening process is it's everything, right? It's everything if we want to make this work. I think I, you know, I have a little fear about the next wave though of the beta testing because we will start. We're going to probably add a few hundred in the next few weeks, mm. um, and what we need to do is we also need to add a lot of people who are less tech savvy than yourselves. Yeah. Right. There are a lot of people in this beta group who are very forward thinking in terms of technology and, and, and using, you know, the bevy of tools that already exist out there. You know, we have to think about how does this work for someone, you know, who got a smartphone for the first time last year. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. Different challenge. Right. And so it's got to be so intuitive. Um, and the brilliance of so many of the Apple design features is like, you know, you hear these stories about a two year old picks up a tablet and can get to the, you know, the home screen mm. on it. Um, we've got to get to a place where that design is so seamless um, and so intuitive that it can work for, for all different types of people. Right? How are you, you going to reach those people, Mike? It's a great question. Um, I think th- partly through organizations, partly through marketing, um, and partly through you know some some broader based investments. Um, you know, one of the one of the things that I have some conversations going on right now is in India, which, as you know, is a, is an enormous population of people who are blind and low vision. Mm. Um, you know, and if 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 we're not full of it, if we're not you know BSing the whole world, and we're really trying to achieve our mission, right. Of, of getting to the, you know, more than a quarter billion people who have needs. Like we have to start doing things in, in more countries, more environments, um, including places where, you know, um, the technology is newer and in the hands of people for the first time. So, um, I'll take your idea, Stephen and Sean. I'll even buy you some cheesecake if you if you have a good one. <laughs> as long as there's nothing on the cheesecake, as long as there's nothing on it. Plain, plain New York. Plain. I urge you. Only yeah. if we're in New York. Yes. <laughs> yes, and I have to be in New York at the same time. That's only it's a really difficult question, and it's something we've we've been thinking about for a long time. Trying to get to people who aren't tech savvy. How do you give them resources? It's a really tricky question. We haven't what got the answer yet. Some op- sorry. Yeah, what, what, what gives me some optimism, and I and I. And I think Hans, our founder for this, is um, if you're free, you have a chance to get to a huge group of people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, including people of all over the socioeconomic spectrum, right? And so we've got a chance. Um, and that excites me. But it's, it's, it's also daunting, right? I'm like, you know, in the next seven days, we're going to hit our... Um, Half a million signups, right? We'll go to 500,000 blind and low vision, which is amazing. But my gosh, that's a fraction of a fraction of the community. Yeah. So much to do, right? So much opportunity too, but you know, it's, uh, we got we have a lot of work ahead for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's an interesting one. And, And certainly I think for a lot of people who are keen to 
try this out. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll be listening to this and obviously hoping they can get on that, you know, list with the five that you're offering here. But, you know, for those that might be looking to engage down the line, what is the process? How do you sign up to be on the wait list? What, what is that? Is it all through the app? There's, if you just go to the go into the app, there's a wait list. You can sign up for the virtual volunteer now. I would okay. also love, um, uh, you know, if if we're wondering if virtual volunteer is the right name. We've gotten some feedback from the from the beta test community um, that um, it makes you think that it could be a person, right? Because a volunteer is mm. kind of a human word. Virtual doesn't necessarily just mean technological. It could mean that someone's in a different environment. And so we might have to open open source some naming conventions and ideas to the community. So Stephen and Sean, I'm counting on you. Oh, please don't ask us. They could be terrible. We will come up with <laughs> we will come up with ideas. None of them you'll use. <laughs> but I am but going to come up with ideas. Yes. I think you should. I think you should give it a name. I think you know. Th- think about. I'm not going to say her name, uh, but Lady A, as I like to call her here on the Amazon Echo. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's something in having a name. You know, something that personalizes it a little bit. I know we don't maybe want to humanize these things too much, but you know, if you do treat it that way, then you give it a name rather than a, yeah. than a feature name. You know what I mean? I think that's where this goes uh, as well. And uh, we've gotten some feedback to that effect. So um, stay tuned. Beatrice. <laughs> oh, be me. Be me. <laughs> yes, we'll absolutely dreadful. Don't, don't worry about it. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for coming back on and uh, come back soon. I appreciate what you guys do. Thank you for having me. And, uh, I, uh, and also thank you both for, you know, immensely for being part of the, the beta test group. And, uh, and giving giving your feedback, it's 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 me- not only meaningful to us, but obviously meaningful to the community. So thanks a lot. Thanks, Mike. Sean, there you go, another fantastic conversation and an exclusive as well. Because if I you, know. I know, I'm so excited about this. If you want to get involved and get yourself onto that beta now, all you have to do is drop us an email. Just let me remind you of this email address: feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can uh, drop us a message there. You can also uh, call us on one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven, and uh, the first five will go through and uh, get yourself onto that beta. So there you go, exclusive from Be My Eyes right here on Double Tap. So thank you very much to Mike Buckley for coming on, sharing that with us, and also all the updates. We'll have him back on soon. Also share your thoughts in the beta. Hey, Mike wants to have an open conversation, Sean. So let's have it. Yep. Uh, let's talk about all of that. Uh, listen, we're back tomorrow. It's Global Accessibility Awareness Day. We're going to be Woo-hoo. talking to one of the co-founders, Joe Devon, on the show tomorrow. He's with us for the hour. We'll catch you then. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.